city. It is this sprawling massive place miles and miles across. Been here as long as anyone can remember. Nobles play their power games. Guilds maneuver for money and influence. Dark things emerge from the shadows to hunt. And the lamplighters take everything in while keeping the darkness at bay. The thing I always wonder is why. Why do these lamplighters keep the darkness back? What investment do they have in Avalon? Streets of Avalon, an urban RPG setting by Brett Blazinski for the world's most popular role-playing game. Ask for it at your friendly local game store or head over to GamingNBS.com forward slash streets. Gaming NBS episode 340 being recorded May 3rd, 2021. <laughs> Welcome to Gaming NBS, a tabletop RPG podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show, folks. Welcome back. Glad everybody's around. Sean, how the hell are you, man? Fantastic, Brett. How are you? Not bad. Not bad at all. Good. Uh, let's see. This last... Uh, what did I do? AJ ran his uh, Midgard campaign for Lana and I, and our characters continue to survive. My daughter loves the fact that our characters uh, bicker constantly between each other. She thinks that's hilarious. We have, have a lot of good role-playing moments. We throw AJ for a loop a few times. That's fun. Keep keep the boy on his toes. Nice. And then, uh, let's see. Anything else? No, not really. No, I had my, my wedding anniversary was last Thursday, so oh, we normally... Happy anniversary. Happy ah, anniversary, baby. Got you on my mind. <laughs> Wow. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Blake Ryan, you better know who that is. I'm just saying. So I normally would have gamed on Thursday, but that was the anniversary. So, so guys, nope. Doing stuff with the wife. So that was cool. And then uh, and my now buddy you Mike. you can game every night of the, and every day of the month until the end of the month. Yeah, she's sick of me already. She's like, ah, <laughs> Jesus Christ, been a day with you. Fuck off already. Uh, my buddy Mike and his wife stopped up. Mike is the... Uh, chief operating officer for Albion Swords. So I bought a sword. So he brought me a sword. <laughs> so that was wow. nice. That's nice. <laughs> that How many swords nice do you own now, Brett? Um, four or five. And an axe. Well, I own more than one axe, obviously. It's an Albion axe, but it's really cool. Medieval stuff. Anyway, point is, can't, can't have too many sharp pointy things. So that's always nice. Uh, let's I don't see own here. a sword. Just saying. Do you need one? <laughs> Fine, I'll get you a sword. <laughs> no, I don't need you a whiner. I don't need one. Not yet. But um, let's see. Blades don't use bullets. Remember that. Um, let's see here. I just bought it for gaming, man. Didn't do a whole heap and heck of a lot. Tomorrow is uh, my first edition of Forgotten Realms game for the kids. And um, this weekend should be, we're finally going to try it. I think we've got only... Maybe a handful of sessions left of Alpha's Rage of Demons campaign. So we're going to go back to that sucker. The first uh, the first session after a very long hiatus on Saturday will be, who are we? The fuck are we doing? <laughs> it's going to be a lot. I, I guess you can find my character sheet. I don't even know where the hell that thing is. So that'll be fun. How about you, man? Anything good? Bad? Indifferent? Thursday ran Forbidden Lands for the Forboten Landers. How'd it go? Those guys, they just kill me. Like, they'll, they'll, plan, they'll plan something. You're like, okay, all right. 
Uh, I got you know, plan this. Get him there. Like <laughs> sniff around. Yep. Yep. Don't want to be here. Seems dangerous. Take Moving off. on. Yep. Dangerous. Yep. They're out of there. So they did, uh, hilariously enough, they did encounter. <laughs> so they just get. Is the- it, so is this the Forbidden <laughs> Lands version of Brett staying in the starship? Is that what they're doing to you? No, not even. Uh, not even that bad. Nothing so that funny. bad. Okay. It's so funny because they get the biggest kick out of the kookiest things that occur in that game. Harrigan's character, Elise, went fishing, had a, a failure, and ended up like. Uh, basically uh, damaging the fish line and hook. So no more fishing for Harrigan's character. And then, of course, they're looking and looking for some more, and they they get downpoured in the rain, and Groms is... He fails his warmth save, and now he's cold as hell. And the only way for him to warm up, supposedly, in the book, is to start a fire. Well, it's it, soaking wet. It's a torrential down, downpour outside. This is the world's <laughs> worst backpacking trip. The they, RPG. <laughs> they ended up actually. They ended up on like a coastal region, and that's where they ran into this tower that had some pretty bad juju that they just didn't. They were like, "Screw this, we're out of here." There were bodies all over. All the bodies' heads were gone, and so they were just like, "I'm getting a bad feeling about this," and they left. And then they went down to the beach a little ways and set up camp and stayed there for like a couple days. <laughs> so, like, what the fuck is their object? <laughs> Just roam around randomly? Brett, like, oh, Forbidden Lands is a game of rogues and raiders in a cursed land. Yes, I know, but what are they trying to accomplish? You just you're the the, the whole kind of thing with that game is literally making it on your own, like finding treasure, exploring old sites. Um, you know, get, trying to trying to get the big treasure because eventually. So you can, what they're doing is they're looking for an easy score. It, yes. For now, yes. Okay. Kind of a so score, that made, right? So the reason I asked was because I'm like, okay, so they bailed on like the spooky tower thing. What the fuck they do that for? But if they're looking for an easier score, like okay, that uh, you know, if you're thinking like CR, that looks like a CR eight. I'm a two. Fuck that. Moving on. You know, if they think it's too dangerous, whatever, look for the easy score. I right. get that. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's not a bit like I'm not like saying, God, these guys that keep giving them shit and they don't do anything. You know, no, no, I'm not. I'm not saying yeah. that. I'm just I'm just wondering why they turned it down. Well, like, Groms the they was doing? like he looked inside and the whole inside walls were lined with skulls, probably from the guys that were outside. And it wasn't like a very old ruin. So they decided to get the hell out of Dodge. So, I mean, Uh, rightfully so. And, and, you know, in defense of their move, Forbidden Lands isn't known to be like, oh, it's a monster. Let's roll initiative and charge in there. No, no, no. Yeah, I don't. Bad, bad, bad shit happens. I get it. Okay. So that was I just hadn't heard much in the way of them actually finding a whole lot of loot lately. So I'm like, if they're supposed to be looting shit and there's nothing to loot, dude. That may be on me. But that makes sense. That's probably on you. I would say it's a GM GM failing, most likely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but then they had an, a dream, all of them, one night, the last night. Oh, nice. Okay. The, yeah. And that dream is, there was a, a crow, like a guy dressed in a crow outfit that is giving them some direction. And as they wake up the next day, they look out upon the horizon and there's this big, tall spire in the north that reaches high into the sky that comes from the dream that they accepted the proposition from the the crow-dressed man. Nice. Okay. Cool. So we'll see. They could go towards that and be like, "Map, screw that shit." <laughs> Stick around that a little bit. 
Nah, fuck it. You know what? Back to Skull Tower. God damn it, Sean. <laughs> Saturday, I ran Star Wars. I thought it was okay. I don't know how the players thought of it, but they have been captured. And so uh, the tale continues in the search of the Sanalor ship on Chaldana. Well, as you explained this to me earlier, I think that they I should probably call up the Jeff crew and explain to them the um, the way you explore for the Sanalor is one person stays on the ship at all times. Uses the sensors and, and shells anybody who comes close to you. That Shell. is how you survive. Shells. That's right. Shelling. Just just, just dropping. Use the just howitzer. Ship, use the ship's guns <laughs> as, as a howitzer and just blast shit. That's how you survive. And then when you encounter the first mechanical Nexu, you bail. You just bail the whole adventure and make sure I do something different. That's how they you They don't survive. know it's mechanical yet. Ah, oh, Jesus. Because it's dark. They, they got kind of rousted out of, out of a dark ship. And then they oh, they're out. not. They came out and all the floodlights were poof, put down your stuff, put Damn. your hands in the air, down on your knees. Uh, yeah. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Yeah. I'm sure this shit that this does not happen when someone stays back in the ship. I, I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, I don't know what to tell you. All right. So that was, that was it. And then Tuesday's Delta Green. Nice. Should be the wrapping up the 1755 arc. Cool. Yeah. Interesting to see where that one goes after this is done. I am very interested. If I might have to make up another character, I would guess, because my guy's not going to survive another two hundred years. I would assume not. No, unless there's <laughs> some great race of youth, like brain movement thing or something. I'm already yeah, we'll fifty. <laughs> exactly. No, two hundred years for Christ's sake. All right, man. So I guess we should probably do announcements here. Let's see here. We've got the Discord forums. We've still got our gaming stuff going on for the BS community. So go out there, check that out. I, I want to say something too, because this is go you know, we've got Edwin Edwin Nagy out of out of Maine is willing to run a Call of Cthulhu game in French. In French. In French. Holy cow! I missed yes. that. Damn. Yep. So if you polyvoo Francais and want to play Cthulhu, whether you're French Canadian or French native or a French. You know, I know Mr. Dragon. I know Mr. Dragonspawn is a fluent French speaker. There you go. I don't know if he's a big Call of Cthulhu guy. I don't know, man. Could be, maybe. But I, I don't know if people realize that. Like, hey, man, this, you know. No, that's cool. That's I fuck. I, I missed that. Was out there. That's and awesome. I suppose you can speak French and not be from a French speaking country. Absolutely possible. So, yes, of course. But anyways, yeah. Anyways. Continue. Okay, no, that's very cool. Uh, Gamehole Con event submission opened um, as of today, two days ago, uh, May 1st, 2021, that opened up. So that's cool. And on, what is it here? May 13th on Twitch, you and I are doing something. That's yeah, the plan. Third Floor Wars, we're going to do a little Blades in the Dark. And uh, because he has threatened to game with us for so long, we're going to pull in uh, a, little, uh, a little extra, a little extra muscle. Yeah. So it's not just you and me. So that'll be good. Eric, be good. Eric, the, Eric the Frank. The Frank. Yeah. House. Yeah. Exactly. He's mighty, mighty. Yeah, damn right he is. Hmm. So we're going to have him in there. We'll see how this goes. So yeah. Play Blades and Dark. See if my, um, if I no longer despise. <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to it. It should be kind of interesting. I want to see what the chatter is about because I've heard good things about it from a number of different people who I uh, are friends of mine and I trust. So be interested to see how it goes. Uh, what else do you got here? 
Oh, and you've got a new recording coming about how to RPG. What are you you're gonna do for Forbidden Lands? I'm gonna do Forbidden Lands for, Die Pool, something very simple, elementary, and put it up on YouTube for how to RPG. Long overdue video, so oh, long overdue cool. video, just in general. So I have I'm editing it cool. now. Yep, nice. That's it. That's it. Cool, man. Oh, well, let's random encounter the sucker up so we can get a uh, move on. Random encounter segment is a show where we field emails, voicemails, comments from social media. You can start. I will start. Thank you, Brett. Forrest Aguirre on horror suspense and tension. Great episode, gents. Twilight Zone is still my favorite TV show of all time. I leverage some of those same moves every time I run or write a horror scenario. They're hardwired into my brain at this point. Incidentally, I love, I love, love, love. It says that, doesn't it, Brett? It does. It says three loves. He, He really loves this thing. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Love, love, love what Sean had to say about cadence. Sometimes lowering your voice and slowing down so that each word counts can convey a real sense of impending dread. When you're really, really scared, a second a second can feel like an eternity. You could set this pace with your players merely through controlling your voice. Want to really freak your players out? Get up close after everyone's vaccinated, of course, and whisper something to them in a gentle, terrifying way. Works every time. It does. It's really it was it was really good of you to mention it because it's it's something I try to use. Um, loud voices, um, quiet whispers, all of that. We talked about this when we say using voices and you know, a lot of stuff. People think accents and so forth, but just the the changing of your tone, getting really loud, really, really quiet, getting a little raspy, a whisper, all of that stuff can really change the tone of an entire scenario right right there. That the thing that's happening, that scene is just totally different, especially when it's going really, really, really quiet. And then you go bang and everybody goes, oh, what the fuck? You know, then it just the, the shock is can be awesome. So good stuff. Glad you called it out for us. My my one f- for the that that hundred. Yeah. I'm, I'm always good for one for a hundred. So that's true. That's my that's one for bad. the three hundreds. There you go. Very good. I'm proud of you, Sean. Thanks, Brett. You, you, you got a streak. You got a streak. <laughs> All right. Blake comments on horror suspension tension. Sean mentions tension and suspense. Both are important to leading up to horror. You need to space things out so the characters are not immediately in fight flight mode. They need time to build up fear, presumptions about the situation. I think pacing is important in horror. The movie session does not start with the bad guy standing in the rain at the holiday park with all the victims already dead. The movie starts with the crew going to the holiday park and then someone goes missing. Then the weather turns bad, but there's an internal uh, internet outage where the people are start getting sick. More bad things happen this time closer to the PCs. So there's more evidence senses. Maybe the blood just won't wash off your hands or you feel cold, even though the sun is shining. Perhaps you keep seeing movement in your periphery, but there's just regular things there when you turn your head. Using other senses help flesh out what the characters are going through. Linking the current situation to their past personal lives can help too. When they can investigate the abandoned cabin, there's a photo that looks just like your uncle. This place smells just like the cabin of your childhood summer camp. As Brett mentioned, humor can have its place, but it needs to be in context. The victims, cough characters, (laughs) can't be out in the woods. Something leaps out at them. It's a startled raccoon. It's still genre wild things out in the woods, but it's not a real threat. It lets you know the heroes are getting scared. Then 10 minutes later, the next thing out in the bushes or even standing calmly in front of them is a killing machine. 
<laughs> the senses, that's a really good piece, Blake. I'm glad you called that out. Because when we describe stuff, it's very easy for us to say, visualize this or your character sees, right? And sometimes we think of hears because the roaring or whatever the monster is or the creature, or the some sounds. But we can forget sometimes that terror is there's no noise. It's definitely quiet in the woods. Even on, at night, the crickets stop, you know, or whatever's going on. Um, and smell can be huge. And the other, the physical sensation of, you know, air moving by and so on and so forth. So all of those pieces and parts and taste, taste can be crazy. You know, you smell something, you have your, you kind of take it in, in, in quick inhalation and you taste something in the air. Tastes like peppermint. Why does it taste like peppermint? And then the monster shows up and eats your friend. Suddenly peppermint is fucking terrifying, right? So... Anyway, I think that's that's really important, and um, those descriptors, trying to grab as much of that as you can is really, really cool. I'm glad Blake brought that up. Cool, man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Blake. Over to you, sir. John H. writes in, Hey, gents. Thanks for responding to my last long and bold, bold note in your recent show. I'll try to keep this one shorter, but wanted to follow up on a couple of things you guys said. One, regarding Genesis— and the idea that it's really built for Star Wars. You're right, in a way. Every Genesis game can work in any setting, but the ways that stories are told are very Star Wars-y. High action, dramatic changes in fortune, a little swashbuckly, cutting through clusters of mooks to get to the big bad dude, etc. You can run it with fantasy pirates or unsailed seas or cybered up criminals in a mega megalopolis of the future, but the feeling of those stories will always be s sort of similar to what you get in Star Wars. While I know some people would disagree strongly, I don't think it'd work very well for Cthulhu investigators or four-color superheroes, but it covers the middle ground pretty well. Two, definitely keep an eye on Cortex. I made some bold statements about it, but consider this. A Bay Area tech company, Fandom, has just invested several million dollars in this project, buying the rights to the system and hiring a game design crew. This is the same company that has bought, brought us all our favorite fandom pages like Wikipedia and the app that makes 5e usable, D&D Beyond. They've already invested in two IPs, Masters of the Universe and the Dragon Prince. It sounds a lot like there are negotiations for several more. The game system that's under the hood has been playtested, evolved, and refined ever since Sovereign Stone came out in the 90s uh, across a lot of different settings. Dragonlance, Smallville, uh, the MCU, Firefly, Leverage, and more and has already been the subject of lots and lots of fan hacking. The game-building toolkit, the only thing Fandom has published so far, is a good one, making it easier for GMs to build custom games quickly based on 20 years of hacking and playing. But they're also lining up a lot of other things to include tools for GMs to quickly build custom games online, the way players can quickly build D&D &D characters in their D&D &D Beyond app. Imagine being able to select a few mods, type up a setting blurb, and print out a full rules booklet for your prayer players based on your selections in the online gaming building tool. Marketplace for game designers to sell those games, as Wizards does with DMs Guild, and an internal process for fandom to very quickly churn out quality thematic games based on licensed IPs. Easy for amateurs to build means easy for pros to build too. I've given it a fair amount of thought, and this looks like an eight-figure investment that might just pay off. 
It has the potential to bring in lots of new players with their licensed IPs and to lower the bar on GMing and game hacking with their online tools. Look out also for a synergy with some of Fandom's other products, like personalized wikis for your homebrewed settings. Plus, the system is cool and flexible and gives me an excuse for messing with piles of poker chips and rolling out hand, rolling handfuls of polyhedral dice at the table, which is always a good time. Good day and good gaming, John H. Cool, man. That's some good info. And I like the fact that John calls out with the Genesis stuff, like how he feels it covers a middle ground or a certain type of tone. You and I have talked about this with, I mean, Savage Worlds is savage, fast, fun. They, they, they have a tag, right, for that. And your game will have a Savage Worlds-y feel. If you play Avalon using Savage Worlds, it'll have a Savage Worlds-y feel to it. It's going to have that component. And I think um, from other people I've talked to who've used Genesis, I think uh, John seems to be on the money there. Where it's got that Star Wars-y feel. That's what I've heard. I don't know for sure, but I've heard that before, so that feels right to me when he says that. Bo so, said it uh, was created for Warhammer. I didn't know. Yeah. I don't know. If, yeah, I, didn't yeah, know I believe uh, Warhammer 3rd used it. I hmm. think it was 3rd. They had a big box set with all, uh, all sorts of funky dice and shit, so yeah. <laughs> Never got into that one, but I believe that is correct. Hmm. And if Motus knows that, so I'm not going to well, I'm not going to argue with Mo. He knows he knows as much about Warhammer more than I do. So, fair enough. The Cortex thing is interesting. I started poker on, on a little bit last time, John, when he mentioned it to us. So, hmm, very interesting, very interesting. All right, let's see here. You want to get into the next ones? <coughs> yeah, yeah, sure. All right. So on saying no. Uh, Ray Otis chimed in on that one. He said, in my own experience running old school games, there's definitely a time to say a flat no. It's when the player says a character takes an action that simply is impossible, like trying to play a piano to entertain some NPCs when the character has never played piano before. Unless, say, the player suggests that the PC making a fool of himself on the piano would be entertaining. Peterson talks about the core definition of a role-playing game as a game in which you can try anything. I agree with that in a sense that a player has no limits of what they can try with a character other than the constraint of what makes sense in the fiction itself. A thief in old-school D&D has a good chance to climb sheer surfaces, even when at level one. When presented with a glass wall, should, let the, should you let the thief try to climb it? I would say no, unless the thief had suction cups attached to his hands. Hmm. Fair, Ray. I like it. Over to you, sir. Blake tells us when he says no, for me, it's about genre for some fantasy includes steampunk automation, automatons and vehicles. For others, it does not. So I've had to say no to steampunk or firearms requests and suggestions when I've been running a Dark Ages slash Bronze Age Conan sword and sorcery style game. If any games you want to keep the conversations going, so you say no, that's not right for this system or setting. But you can do X or Y instead. Give them some parameters. Not everyone is as familiar with the genre or subgenre as you may be. Not a good point, Blake. Wayne commented on saying no as well. If a player is using quote unquote character motivation for being a dick at the table, absolutely. <laughs> this isn't common, but saying no is a good skill GMs develop in order to redirect or, if necessary, stop a course of action or inaction that will result in a bad time, hurt feelings, etc. In one case, I had to say no to a character. I had a player make up a PC that had no motivation to adventure and thwarted the game for a week. I had to go to the player and give his PC a hard nope. I learned a great lesson. Now I simply ask the player to come up with that motivation as a hard requirement to play. I've had to 
to give a hard nope at a con game when a character began a line of inquiry with an NPC that was obviously going to lead towards the other player's line, as in lines and veils. I shut it down and did not explain at the table. Again, could not figure out how to do so without hitting that line. I've also had to effectively say no when engaged in historical, cultural RPGs, only to reinforce the themes and more and mores of the genre of the game. Excuse me, of the game. For example, running Bushido's Bushido back in the eighties or Legend of the Five Rings in the nineties, with folks who were not yet keyed into the cultural norms of those societies. In some of those cases, it was not hard. It was not a hard no, but rather your character can absolutely do that. But I'm sure your character knows that by disobeying your superior in court, it will shame you publicly. Blood is likely to flow in seconds. Is that the intention of your PC? That's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. Shall we? Let's get into it. All right, man. So the evening. Yeah, let's talk about saying no. So, uh, Matt Coville, uh, somebody I follow, who um, I've mentioned on the show multiple times, had a uh, video a while back on saying no. It's been a, a while since he had up the camera when it exactly went up. But I was noodling on that idea for a while, and I threw it up there in the show notes for Sean and I. And I think there is, there's definitely a time and place to say no. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit with Sean here. I know some of the things when... Um, we talked about it above with lines and veils, and we've talked about it with X cards and safety tools, where sometimes that is the hard node that players and game masters alike can utilize. But there is a um, pervasive, maybe um, over, maybe sound overly dramatic, but a pretty well known, or at least often discussed, this always say yes, or say yes and, or, you know, yes but, or whatever it is. But I think sometimes no is the right answer. We had some good examples above. And I want to talk to Sean about does he is such a nice, easy go lucky, easy go lucky guy? You know, just n- never says no. I'm sure. But uh, have you ever been tempted to type of thing? So I figured I'd pump Sean a little bit, see it, see if he's ever said it. I like to premise so, my nose with a big fuck ahead of them. <laughs> fuck no. <laughs> and uh, I end it with you ass. <laughs> period. End. I do. I. At one point in time, really wanted to do the yes and 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 maybe the no, but to some degree. But I I really wanted to be able to say, you know what? It's the player's games game as well. And if they want to play a specific thing in the game, well, then, you know, I don't want to be the bad game master, Brett. I don't want to be daddy game master. I don't want to be the one that says no all the time. I don't want to be the one that denies them their fun, right? Yeah. As a parent, Brett, can you understand? Can you relate no, to this? No, actually, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dad. My job is to wreck all fun and destroy all joy in life. Oh, that's true. You are the that's, dad that says, I no, am the what dad. am I talking about? Yeah, exactly. That's different. <laughs> I'm the one that told my kids there's no Santa Claus. Come on. Oh, man. Newfound Remember respect. That. Yeah. Newfound respect for you, Brett. <laughs> I find, um, so <laughs> for me, the, the easiest one, um, is the boundaries of PC gen and options, right? The stuff we talk about in our session zero or that we wish we talked about in session zero, right? Are those things we say, hey, look, it's going to be a swashbuckling game. We're going to use um, this rule set. We're going to do blah, 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 blah. We're going to use these four r- core rule books. Ready, go. And someone shows up with core book five and wants to play from a different planet. And you're like, this isn't even that kind of game, but why can't I be a superhero? No. 
that's not the genre. That's not the world. That's not the setting. That's not the boundaries, the bumpers we put in place that everyone else is agreeing to. Um, sometimes for me, it's not just the continuity of the world and the setting and so forth, but it, it's almost can, it is, I have found that if I allow too much of that, it actually will stomp on other players' fun. And here's my here's my reasoning for that, Sean. We're playing the game. Everyone's all down for this. I got Jeff and the crew. We're all good. And here comes Sean. And Sean's like, hey, yeah, but I want to do this thing. Everyone else has taken a lot of time, care, and preparation to really get into the game and get ready to go. And then Sean wants to play a knucklehead, right? <laughs> or Superman or whatever fucked up connect. And if I allow that, then what what I've I've seen from my, my experience anyway, then there's a ripple effect. Oh, that's allowed now? Oh, let me do this then. Now my character's going to change. Now this is going to change. And, and pretty soon it's gone. The boundaries, the bumpers, all the stuff we agreed to is shot, right? So <laughs> all, all those other players and myself, the work I put into the setting or whatever is just gone, you know? We'll talk about Simba Room next episode, but if I say, hey, yeah, we're going to play Simba Room, this is how it works and setting and so forth, and someone goes, well, yeah, but I want to be like a dragon. I want to be like a dragonborn, okay? N no. Yeah, but you could make one and you could, no. It's not, <laughs> that's not it. No, it doesn't fit the setting. No, everyone else agreed. No, 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 right? So I think those things are very easy no's. Yeah, I would say anyway. that's the low lying fruit, and and Mo yeah. brings up a good point. You do it in session zero, so that way down the road you don't have to do it within the game. Correct. Right. And I think one of the pieces that once you s start with that, what you get to do then is, I believe saying no later on uh, can be if you do it right, at least what I would consider right. You're like, no, you can't because remember. And you hearken back to that agreement. You pull back from your session zero and say, hey, y'all, remember, no superheroes. Remember, pull, pull out the contract, no man. Pull it out. Yeah. Yeah. I, hey, I, I've been a contractor. I know what an SOW is. <laughs> yeah. Statement of work is a sword and a shield. <laughs> That's how that works. That's why I don't talk to salespeople, Sean. Anyway, um, point is. You get to, you can say that harken back to say well uh, no that actually won't work because we agreed remember the setting doesn't have teleportation so your character can't have that spell oh yeah that's right the setting doesn't have it okay cool I got it yeah all right I can't have it can't have it no without a reason is what I think ticks people off because that scene is adversarial or just being a douchebag. Does he gotta justify the no? <laughs> oh, oh my god! Blairs. They just want every explanation in the world. Have you ever had the um? So here's here's a fun one. Um, have you ever had it where I mean, there's the unfair. Like, no, that's unfair. You you can't pick a random magic item from the. You know, DMG and give it to your character. I'm sorry. No, that's unfair. No one else gets that. Everything. Nobody said life was fair. Have you ever told somebody your character wouldn't do that and stop them by saying, no, your character wouldn't do that. That's stupid. No, have but I have, a, I have a feeling that's on the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's on the horizon. I thought the, I thought the Forbidden Lands game guys were good. Hey, man. Right now I'm gaming. With you're going after you. You're going after Harrigan. You told me you're going after Harrigan. <laughs> 
not <laughs> kidding. I'm I kidding, have I'm kidding. four, one, two, three, four, eight, nine, possibly nine, and five. I have almost 14 players I could be talking about right now. Four, 14 or 15. It's, it, it's probably Harrigan. I know it. <laughs> I know it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So point is, though, have you ever done it, though? Honestly? I think I'm, th- I'm sure I've done it at some point in time. I haven't done it that I know of recently. Like, come on, would your would your player character really do that? I've done it in the past, probably when it's been something kind of really off the wall. Um, like J- Jeff might have wanted to kill his guy because he was infected and couldn't get hit points, or his con kept dropping because of the death curse. You know, mm. I'm like, come on, you're not gonna do. You're not going to kill your your character would kill himself for that. That seems excessive. Yeah. yeah. So so as Ray as Ray talked about in the examples above, right? Like, hey, it's a sheer, it's a glass wall. There's literally, it's not like your regular sheer surface. It's a special sheer surface in your uh, old school game. No, it, you can't unless you have special tools. Okay, got it. Explanation. The other one I really like is <laughs> excuse me. Wayne brings this up, and this is how. Ca- I used to say your character wouldn't do that to shut down what I considered stupid moves or that's just dumb or, oh my God, really? <laughs> you know, ages back. So instead of saying that's just dumb, now you have code words to say that's just dumb? No, now what you do is you do what you do what Wayne brings up and says, so your, your character can do that. But I'm sure he realizes or she realizes or they realize that what's going to happen when they do that is that the uh, the you know the you know the space pirate lord will shoot you in the fucking face? You, you your character would know this. They have no choice. They have to shoot you in the face based on this social situation. You will be shot in the face. Is that what you want to do? Oh, uh, wow. So yeah, I'm saying no by explaining to them. Break that fourth wall. Bust the consequence. Like, look, man, you want to do that? Fine, you're gonna die. Now, some people I know don't give a fuck. Like, oh, okay, you do that. Your character's shot in the face. They die. Oh, I wouldn't have done it if I'd known that would happen. My character would. This stops the argument for me by a little bit of a description. Like, hey, is that really what you want to do? Okay. That's kind of a soft no. I see. I have had players as the paladin in the group, the lawful good, holy you know, follower of Foltus or whatever. I'm the blah, 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 blah. Fine, I'll torture the goblin. Your character will not torture a goblin. Well, but it's evil. No, you are lawful good. No, you're not torturing a goblin. Would you? Well, well, my, 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 well my character, um, his logic, I mean, it's an evil character and ends justify being. No, no, no. Would yes, you, Sean. Would you let them do it, but they would, would have to... Uh, take on the repercussions like you could do that and after that you're going to be insane so that that's what comes afterwards it's like okay right. fine you really is that how your logic get i'm telling you how your god sees it right if you want to if you want to get cross with your god go for it which is no different than what wayne just mentioned with the legends of the five rings or bushido like hey you do this right i'm just telling you right now you're going to get cross with your deity right the consequences yeah guess what now uh your goddess yeah she's had it with you you're no longer a paladin. You're a fighter. Well, what? But yeah, sorry, pal. You know, getting stripped of paladinhood, man. That was the real was, deal. Like, whoa! Was, 
How am that I going to get a, it back? Whoa. That was a some bitch. You're going to have to like level up five times and go on a serious quest. Yes. Um, the and other then you one have that to convince I, the rest of the party to go with you on your stupid quest to get your paladin hood back. That was yeah. probably the bigger battle. <laughs> it absolutely was because the other four players are like, "You're a dick." No, Dude, I want to you know go what? through Pharaoh. I don't want to go march off to find some exactly. goofy like religious symbol to have you redeem yourself. Yeah, go up. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll have this crushed under the heel of the next humble ant we see. Wink, wink. Right. Getting you your paladin hood back. Sure thing, pal. Um. So I think whenever I've had to say no, as far as your character wouldn't do that, or that's not something along those lines, I couch it much the way Wayne does, which I think is good. Or how Ray is talking above, right? With the concepts of, let let me explain the situation and why it's no. Okay. I think that's important. Because, honestly, as um, jokes aside, as a parent, when I tell my kids no, they will often look at me like, why not? Depending on what it is. Sometimes I'm like, do not do that. It's on fire. Right there, I explained to you. Oh, it's on fire. <laughs> Fucking don't touch that, right? Hot, you know, type of thing. Sometimes you're like, don't do that. You're going to get hurt. No, I don't think I will. Don't do it. All right, fine. Whack, whack. Told you. Sometimes, depending if it's going to kill them, right? Yeah, there's a, 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 a certain there, there, there's an ethical priority. And a, yeah, there's a priority. <laughs> like, he's going to skin his knees if he keeps doing that. Crack, yep, did that. Won't do that again. Um, there's some of that, but there's also, I expl- explained to them, I would not do that, and here's why. We're telling someone no, that makes that makes sense. Like, hey, you know, no speeding. Why? Well, we speeding is dangerous and blah 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 rules, social mores, blah. <laughs> um, but I find the other, the one that uh, is interesting to me sometimes as well is that the the trying to logic your way out of a certain game impact, mechanical impacts, right? Uh, yeah, this is what so Mister Colville mentioned, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, Which I playing, almost encountered, uh, right? Pl- yeah, you almost did. So I playing did. Call of Cthulhu, for example, is you see your uh, former, you know, former wife's corpse, you know, horribly dismembered. You take, you roll, you lose two sand. Well, I mean, I never really loved her, and we were kind of divorced. And I haven't seen her in a long time, and we've been... I mean, I'm a Cthulhu investigator. I've been... I mean, like, I'm a police officer. Would it really... I mean... But I really lose sanity for that. I have had, I fuck you not, I've had that goddamn <laughs> argument with people that had to say, that's how the game works. Again, harken back to, you know, session zero, sanity loss. No, you cannot argue your way out of sanity loss. This is how it works. Well, yeah, but I just, I wouldn't see it that way. I mean, my character, and then the answer is, okay, that's how your character thinks he's sane. Yes, she still thinks that's fine. She doesn't think she's lost the sanity. You can play that up all you want. Mark it down. <laughs> you know. And uh you could have had that with the with the fishing gear thing. Right? Oh. Well, it says it says you broke away feel. Well, I mean I mean, wouldn't if you use like all of my fishing gear? I mean, you don't really when, when you go fishing, as I want to right. do, you only use part of your line <laughs> and you don't really destroy all your hooks at well, it's not like you took all your hooks and line, you just threw it in the water, Sean. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Now, <laughs> I hope to, I hope to whatever God. Man, is that, that is no, uncanny, dude. It was like Harrigan was, was just, at the table the just table. now. Yeah. <laughs> I've gamed with Harrigan. There's no way he does it. <laughs> no fucking way. Anyway, point is, is that you when sometimes the game mechanics will, will hit. And depending if it's a negative impact, 
or it's a positive impact for the bad guy and negative for you or whatever it is. People will get kind of pissy about it sometimes. And sometimes you have to say, no, I'm sorry. That's the ruling, right? Well, we did this much damage to the monster. How come it's not dead? It regenerates. Oh, right. <laughs> we did. If we knew it regenerated, if you knew, <laughs> but you don't. <laughs> now you do type of thing. And I think that is one that to me, it, it, it's interesting because I, I get into those. This almost, this harkens a little bit to the, to the horror component that we talked about last episode is that when something changes the way your character does something, right? Like when a player character tries to impact your player character, you know, cast a spell on you or the bad guy charms Sean's character and Sean's character has to recklessly and relentlessly attack Brett's character. Well, it didn't technically say I have to use my long sword. So I sheath that and pull out my toothpick of mightiness and stab him with that <laughs> instead. You know, dude, the fuck, man, you have your long sword in your hand. You're going after with it the long sword. It doesn't say no. what weapon I have to choose, Brett. <laughs> exactly. I could choose any weapon. It just says I attack him. Exactly. I attack him uh, backwards and you do your reverse crab walk. What the fuck? <laughs> Now, uh, some of the uh, obvious extreme we examples. Laugh we, we, laugh. we laugh because we care. And we laugh because we've seen it before. <laughs> um, and I think those those are cases where the no is like, look, this is the ruling. This is the decision. And where I'm getting at with that long way around is that sometimes the decision has to be made at the table. And if you enjoy the debate whether or not you can hold your breath for 10 minutes or five minutes or 15 or 14 or 12 based on this plus that to minus this thing. Good for you. Carry that on in your group. If that's your version of fun, enjoy it. I do not want you to do that, but if that's fun for y'all, go for it. Some people want to stop the game, dig up every rule and more power to them if that's what they want to do. Not me. One of the things I will regularly say no about in my games is when I have to make a ruling. You know what? I'm going to say, this is what happens. What about? No, we're not arguing about this anymore. This is the answer. Good. Man. Everyone, everyone nods, agrees. One person like, yeah, well, all right, move on. You know, we're not. Do you ever it see up. that face, like, like the person that goes like, you know, side to side, you know, rolls their eyes side to side like this when they when you bring that up, Brett? Not often. Not often. Raise their eyebrows. And eyes no, get kind of wide. No. N never more than once. <laughs> <laughs> You side-eyed me, boy. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> it's been a while no. since I played with Brett. <laughs> no, seriously, I that that's a time when it's like no more debate. It's not like, no, your character can't do that, or no, this is like no more debate. That's the no statement. It's like, we're done. We've discussed it. We're doing this. We've got to keep the game moving tonight. Come on. We've been wasting. We wasted 15 minutes arguing about whether he can shoot somebody through a bush with an arrow. Fucking move on. You know? Yeah, there there is a point in any game you gotta move, you gotta keep keep it moving, keep it moving, keep it moving. Sean, do you have any other times when you've had to say no, or you found it to be a powerful tool or a useful tool? I should say. Yeah, I think the big one is usually with the tone of the game or the or the well, and I should have said that with with Curse of Strahd. Actually, there wasn't it wasn't too bad, but I could have just said, all right, it's a all human game. Period. End of discussion. You know, I want to play this. No, why? Because it's going to ruin the tone I'm shooting for, you know, or it's it, the dynamic of you being a lizard guy in Barovia is just not going to work. It doesn't, it's, 
we're not playing it'd be like playing a tune game and putting in you know some shakespeare guy it just doesn't align so i would say it's that um that, that would be probably the main one. Like, just, I, I really think that, or you know, I want to have one thing that Pathfinder had was the uh, the pistolier. I can't remember the damn class name. The guy who, oh, told, yeah, yeah. you know, shoot guns and stuff. You know, or the or the oracle or the uh, uh, what was the one that could summon the summoner? Summoner. Yeah, summoner, summoner was which... badass. It was like broken as hell, but I I played it once. Yeah. I, it's pretty damn effective. They rule, some... a lot of them would rule it out. I think Doc would be like no summoners. I always said no summoners. Yeah. <laughs> I read that one. No, 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 no. But I think that's one of the key pieces is that when you when you need to be strongest with the no is at that at that session zero. <clears throat> and some of that I think Sean goes to your opt in approach to gaming, which I really I really appreciate more. Is like, look, this is the game I want to run. It's going to be like this as such with these boundaries and these bumpers. We good? Can I can I play Lizard Man? No. Yeah, but it would really fit. Uh, that's not what we're going for here. I, you know, this is what it is. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have listened to people before. I went, hmm, I haven't thought about that idea. I think that could fit. And I will ask the rest of the players, do you want to deal with this? And mm, a lot of times my players will say, yeah, I don't know, or I guess, or what happens if it doesn't fit? You know, that's a good question. I don't even want to deal with that. We're just going to say no. You know, that's a good point, Brad. I don't know if we bring the other players into how all that is negotiated in session zero. It's usually a very, hey, I'm the game master. I'm going to tell you the tone. I'm going to tell you kind of what we're we're going to try to create together. And then the rest of the players, one player may say, well, I'm thinking about playing this class. Can I play Mm -hmm. that class? Game master, No. And this is why, or whatever. But very rarely is it, hey, what do you guys all think? Like, I, I already know kind of what's in my brain, but thoughts, having heard, you know, player X, uh, mm, you know, maybe that could be a way of also swinging the majority. So it's not just the game master putting the big, huge yep. hammer down. I, I think it's the best, not the best, but sometimes in game it can be very difficult for players to say to have a, a no stance. Sure. Like, no, I don't want to be charmed by the NPC. No, I don't want you know this bad guy to attack me or what. I mean, there's multiple. I mean, we have X cards and other tools like that, that we've talked about in the past. But I think in that session zero, that that no can be the players. The game master is another version of the player. We've talked about that too. And then this this is a it, this is going to be your fun too, players. So if you're sitting there and Brett's caving because Sean and Aline have convinced them that what they should be able to do is allow Dragonborn in this setting. And the other three of you are like, um, no, it doesn't work. We, we need to have this discussion because what that will do is that will lead to hard feelings. And just and the other thing that it can do, in my opinion, is that it can lead, not lead, but it leaves too much sometimes on the shoulders of the game master. It's like... I'm saying no because I have a vision in my head of how this is going to work. You're arguing with me that Dragonborn fit. Eileen is saying no, they don't. Oh, you know, Harrigan says yes, they do. All right, look, we've got to let's talk this out, right? And I think that's healthy for people. Excuse me, for people to have the discussion, and they may say, you know what? It sounds like what we really want to do is not play this. We want to play this 
Are you guys all saying you want to play Dragonborn? Yeah. Okay. Can you give me five minutes? I'll go make up something else. <laughs> right. Or okay. If we do that, it's going to change the complete tone of the game. Are we cool with that? Yeah. We want to be. All right, cool. We got five Dragonborns tonight, I guess. Holy shit. I, I, it, stuff like that can happen and that organic change and whatnot can be very powerful. And I think it's, anyway, it's one of the few times that I can think of off the top of my head that when you're building stuff, some games, I know the Dresden Files, the original version, you built the city together in some games, Microscope and other ones, you do stuff together. Um, but even there, you're, the players have power to say, well, how about, or I don't like, or can we pass this and, and so forth. And I think even in your, any game you're doing with a session zero, the player should speak up. Yeah. When someone says, hey, you know, I thought we were playing a steampunk game. How, how come I can't have a flintlock pistol? How come there's no swords? How come there's no buckles to swash? What, what's going on here? You know, eh, speak up type of thing. So, hmm. Anything else, Sean, on the, how, how, any examples you have on it? Because I got one last question for you. No. No, good boy. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Not that I could think of off the top of my head. The other thing would be just that, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's more. I would say it's more on the upfront for me. Like it's not too much mm -hmm. in in the action or as the play kind of evolves. It, there isn't a lot of no's necessarily, unless it's going back to the reality component. I'm gonna jump over that mountain. No. No, you can't. Why not? I've got a jump skill of 25. It, it says right here in the DMG, don't say no, just assign difficulty class. <laughs> Find difficulty 2 million, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> so I think if it's, it, but a lot of that is round tone. Like even if you it talk is. about, you know, th there's the reality and then people say, oh, you want reality, but you're playing in a world with mm -hmm. dragons, fairies, gnomes, and yes, dwarves, yes, yes. you know, so. And laser knights and whatever else yeah, is happening. There's yeah. a simulation kind of thing that goes on, but you want it to feel, I think it's, I think there's, we haven't gotten into this and this is a bit of a tangent, but I think there is a sense of, I want it to feel real, regardless if there are dragons, gnomes, vampires, and people with laser swords. I want to believe that this place actually exists. And in order I need to a, do yes. that. It, I need a I need consistency. There yes. has to be a consistency stream of logic, consciousness, something I can hang my disbelief on that doesn't change drastically. Right. right. If I reach up six feet high and I hang my disbelief hat and then the next session is 10 feet and it vacillates throughout the game, this feels really weird. You know, it just, it, it's inconsistent. Inconsistency will kill you. Yeah. Vers Versatilitude is uh, important. Yes. Um, I think the last thing I had is like, should we provide ways to get from a no to a yes? I think in some <laughs> cases when, like when, <clears throat> when I look back to the idea that, um, that Ray had like, Hey, look, man, it is a glass wall slick with, um, uh, a slime coating, blah, blah, blah. The way to get to, yes, you can try your climb sheer surfaces is if you have a special circumstance of some sort. If you can give me a way that you think you could try to defeat this thing, an old school game. I'm like, okay, um, hmm. Well, if I use my daggers and try to jab into the, you know, whatever it is you're trying to do, right? Or suction cups or something. So there's a way to get there. I think in, in uh, other, other things, though, if like, well, I want to play, you know, 
somebody who plays a concertina and has a dancing monkey and I'm part dragonborn, part dark elf, and I'm also a jester. Can I do that in your hardcore Ravenloft game? The answer is no. And there's no real easy way to get to yes on that one. <laughs> you know? I, would ask, I would have to ask why. Like, why? Ah, there you go. Perfect. Why? Find out, like, why? Like, that's what I did with Harold. Why are you going to play Lizard Guy? Why? And if it's, well, because they get a plus one bonus, I will say, hell no. But if they got some that, strange storyline that they want to explore and it makes sense that it could be a feasibly decent, you know... If somebody's creating something and they know, like, hey, man, everywhere you go, they are going to ostracize you and want you out of there. And you, you are, you're always going to encounter, you know, uh, hatred, animosity, just, yeah, disgust. Yeah. Everyone hates you. Yeah. Yeah. If, if that's, they say, that's what I'm going for because I want to rise above that or that's the challenge. Okay. But I don't want to start running this game and have you come to me and say, I think you're being unfair. Or I think you're coming yeah. down on me too hard because you that's what you're choosing as an option. Yeah, you're, you're the one that put the millstone around your neck. I, and I, told I am you it telling was, you ahead of time, you. I'm going it's to your, make your character's life miserable. Yeah, you're agreeing. Remember, you, you want a agreeing. part of that artiste, artistry? <laughs> well, one of the things you mentioned, and I think this is actually key, is is the why. Why do you think you can do that? Or why is that, why is that fun for you? Why, why do you think this fits? Sometimes it's an argument of game mechanics. Well, um, you know, I, I don't think I would take a Sandy loss because of that. Well, no, I'm sorry. It's just how this works. There's no arguing about it. That's the way the mechanic works. Um, my buddy Chad, um, Chad Knight, long time back, we were playing a Pathfinder game, and I uh, limited to certain books. He said, can I just have this one thing out of this one book? <laughs> and I said, why? Because the backstab gets a d8 because of blah 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 or something it was a very mechanical die rolling benefit and i said no i said if you really want to be kick-ass if i were you um start as a human fighter level one and then go to rogue at second level you'll be a way better ass huh because he explained to me what he was trying to accomplish i'm like this is a better path and that's plays within the system that we all agreed to so do that Okay, cool. I'll try that. I, and maybe this is the story gamer hidden somewhere inside of breath, but I, when somebody's like, I really want to do this thing, why are you doing that? Because I get a plus one bonus. I'm doing it because, um, you know, these guys get, you know, an extra D6 on their space lightsaber roll. I, I don't fucking, what? You know, it, especially when it's in violation, violation is really strong, but if it breaks the boundaries, right? We've all agreed upon this thing, but you have to have this one special thing or you want to do something that's outside, right? You know, my dwarf acts like this or my Jedi doesn't listen to the council and he's a freewheeling blah, blah, blah. Why are you doing that? That's not how this works. Yeah, but I want to no. You know, you're breaking the verisimilitude of the game. That's not how these different um, species operate. They think differently and so forth. And uh, I really hate, I honestly really do hate the, uh, I'm looking for a mechanical advantage of some kind. Yeah, but I want to be a barbarian. And the only decent barbarians are Dragonborn because of blah, 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 blah. Mechanics, dice roll, bonus, bonus, bonus. That's not, that gets no, has no traction with me. 
Now, there's some folks out there who are like, yes, but that's my fun is min-maxing, power gaming, or optimizing, whatever term you want to use. They love doing that stuff, and that's their that's their joy, which is great in that case. Um, I think sometimes then what, I, what I've told people who enjoy that stuff, and I put boundaries and whatever on it, I give them and say, that's your challenge now. My buddy Doug, I used to play with ages back. He'd be like, oh, you're not going to let me use this book? No. All right. I'll think of something else. <laughs> he would go home crunch through pathfinder go ah motherfucker wham he dropped this monk on me with a long spear and leaping and dodging skills that i couldn't t- it was a, it was disgusting he was a mage killer um but anyway he would just it would, that was the challenge then for that person who enjoyed that was well make a kick-ass thing with these lego blocks instead of all of them type of deal so i think the why sean to get back to what you're saying is is critical you know when someone says i want to do this why uh, and and listen to them and don't mock them. Oh, you just want it because it's got a fucking plus one advantage. That's it's <clears throat> a little little negative, right? And like, well, uh, you know, I get a really good bonus for this. Um, blah blah blah. Well, you know, this other thing, this other background, this other feature, this other feat, or whatever, also gives you a bonus. It's very similar, and that would fit. Oh, cool! I'll do that instead. Especially in that session zero component, when you, <clears throat> excuse me, you're saying no, is offering counters, right? Sometimes the no is, huh? How about this instead? Which is basically no. I'm just not using the the two letter word. I'm saying no, but it's a countering you with something a little more palatable for the setting or the system or whatever it is we're doing. But I think there's this, <clears throat> there is a point when you do need to kind of dig your heels in a little bit, right? When, you've, when you're playing that horror game and you're trying to get for tension and you've got that one person who insists on quoting Monty Python, whether or not it, 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 it fits. Do people quote Monty Python anymore? Is that just an old man thing? I think Probably it creeps thing. its way into everything, <clears throat> RP. Yeah, it does. But it, it, um, it just doesn't, it doesn't work all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And somebody who insists on doing something, it's, it's okay to say, no, you can't do that or stop that. Right. I think that's, I think that's legit. Anything else, Sean? No, no. Good. Set you up again. That's good. <laughs> Let us know if you've run into issues where you've had to say no. Yeah. And if you've got a decent way you do it or yes. if uh, anything you want to expound on that we had, if you've had a, um, a no go terribly wrong. That'd be interesting to hear about as well. If nothing else, it's always good to learn from our mistakes. So bonus points for table flips. <laughs> bonus points for table flips or throwing books in the snow. Either way, it's all good. Indeed. Let's move on to die roll. Now. Oh, die roll. Two to four miscellaneous points of gaming and geekery want to bring to you. So the first one up I have is uh, to Matt Goville's YouTube uh, channel on his saying no. Which I which which is a fun video for me anyway. I thought it was kind of cool. It gave me inspiration to talk about this. So there we go. There, Sean. What else have we got? I happen to see the bundle of holdings store that's up. Starter packs, low cost, available anytime. Thanks to Akadokin for pointing that out. I saw it. Uh, I saw him put it out there, but I didn't realize. I don't think I considered putting it in a die roll. So thanks, Michael, for doing that. 
There's some pretty cool stuff out there. When we talk about bundles. We're talking about Traveler, Champions, Nice Black Agents, Trail of Cthulhu, Shadow of the Demon Lord, Old School Essentials. Not yeah. bad. Yeah. You want some PDF stuff for decent costs. That's one place to check it out. Next one, Mr. Swick says the world of darkness is coming to TV and film. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Probably right for the CW, just saying. Oh, I don't know. Come on, Brad. I thought you would have, you'd be more. Vampire, Vampire tried to come to TV once. <laughs> that was terrible. It was so bad. Um, I don't know, man. Speaking this of terrible be... and bad, I heard the D&D movie. Did that start shooting? Or they they have the scheduled something I don't know. crazy like it's happening and I'm like oh god. What I think is funny is I, I saw somebody like oh a D and D like film blah blah blah. I'm like does no one remember that there are three D and D official Dungeons and Dragons movies? I haven't seen any of them. I've seen all three of them. Not a single one. They're all bad. I've heard. <laughs> yeah, there there's not there's not good, you know. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. the next one, why we game, uh, some folks may be aware of this, but Brett and I were interviewed by Micah Brodor uh, from why we game. So if you want, it's about us. So if you don't, if you don't have enough, it, of our, yeah. enough of our shenanigans for this hour, go get another hour. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, different angle. Slightly. And then lastly, but not leastly. D8 Monthly Issue Zero Zine by Yum DM. I saw this on Twitter, and they were like, I think I think Nola Burt probably put in a word for us and said, hey, check out these guys. And then I you know, said, hey, what's your zine about? And so I don't know if they got back to me, but I looked it up anyway. It's free. Grab a copy. Interesting. Issue, issue Zero, getting at the ground floor. So yeah, I figured I'll, I'll give them a little little props. Yeah, little why not? Yeah. So that wraps up. Did you, did you have anything else, Brett? I should probably. No, check. man, that's all I got. I think that's I think that covers it. All that's right, pretty good stuff. What are we talking about next week, Brett? Next week, I want to talk about Simba Room. I've uh, read the core rule books, went through um, Monster Guide. A little bit through the advanced players guide, and uh, if nothing else, we'll talk about some of the core mechanics, the setting stuff. And uh, I mentioned it before on the show a while back about why I liked it, and then I complained vigorously for some folks to listen to around uh, poor free league and their inability to ship anything. <clears throat> the logistics suck, but the game seems really wicked cool to me. So um, I'm very pleased that I stuck it out, figured out a way to still enjoy the product when I finally got it in my hands. So I'm still looking forward to getting it to the table. So I'm pretty happy about it. So anyway, that's what we're going to talk about. All right. Well, I can't wait to hear about more about Simba Room because I know it doesn't use the Year Zero engine. And I know um, it's got an interesting, lots of interesting lore. Or Yeah. You know, think world. D20 roll low. And uh, yeah, it's very, the lore is really baked in quite well, I think. So it'll be fun. Excellent. Well, alrighty then. That wraps up this episode of Gaming NBS. Thanks for everybody that showed up for the live taping here on twitch.tv forward slash gaming underscore and underscore BS every Monday night, 8 p.m. Central Time here. And then I stream Saturday mornings. If you want to see one guy blather a bit solo, uh, tune in to this channel for that. Also, if you see this on YouTube, give us a like and a subscribe. 
That would be greatly appreciated. Otherwise, you can catch this audio version in your podcatcher of choice. Thank you so much. Otherwise, for Gaming and BS, I'm Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night and good game and all. This episode of Gaming and BS produced with help from the following BSers. Chuck, Bob Fletcher, Roger French, Kevin Keneally, Tindrels, Stefan Dragonspawn, Mike Coleman, Miniature Master, Wayne Peacock, Chris Shorb, Michael O'Holland, Orcus Dorcas, Todd Sharp, Craig Shipman, Quigley Malcolm, Cole Cago, AWOL Trooper, Isaiah Aries, Christian, Larry Hollis, The Duke in Purple, Jay Plata, Dollar Adventure Frameworks, Phil McClory, Aaron Coleman, Eric Frankhouse Presents, Ed Nyes, Daniel Garrett, Adam Grotejohn, George Sedgwick, Ghost GM, Jim Ingram, Rory Weston, Mike Hess Jr., Eric Tavola, Henry Newcomb, Hoos Carl, Melissa Bashinsky, Harrigan, Brian Rumble, Eric Avia, David F. Baylog, Christopher Lang, Michael Dinos, Jeff Goad, Corey Gonzalez, Mark Richmond, Niall Diamond, John Keyword, Perry Besor, Eric Jeppesen, Angus, Brian Kurtz, Robert Nemeth, Eric Salzweedle, Laramie Wall, Andy Hall, Howard Bishop, Craig, Ray Otis, Old Scoozer Roleplaying, Ron Bishop, Larry Hout, Jared Rasher, Rich Wishon, Chad Glayman, Jim Fitzpatrick, C.W. Mellencamp, Roger Brasslett, Dan LaValley, Sky, Pure Mongrel, Jeff Seifer, Jason Hobbs, Craig Huber, Andy Olson, Corey Welch, Mark Tasaka, Chris Steele, Joshua Wallace, Brandon Barnes, Eileen Barnes, Old School DM, Merkel Froelich, Aaron Ralia, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Curtis Takahashi, and Joe Swick. Hey, you interested in playing games with other individuals? Maybe trying a new game? Head over to gamingnbs.com forward slash games. It'll take you to a forum post and it'll give you more information there. Then you can sign up to run a game or participate in one. Check it out. Seriously. No, really. I'll wait. Come on. Come on, there's a link at the bottom of the show notes. Gamingandbs.com forward slash games. Yep, that's it. Yeah, what do you think? Cool, huh? All right. Well, hope to maybe play with you. All right. Otherwise, keep on gaming. This, this has been a Litterbox, Litterbox Studio production. production.